Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. We've had uh, it's been a little more than a week since we last spoke. Uh, three games have elapsed. Uh, probably know how those went. Uh, today is Tuesday, the 24th of August, 2021. It's uh, just uh, after three o'clock as we begin recording. We being Kyle Robertson, the striker, the shield, Jacob Myers, uh, our fine crew beat writer, and of course, uh, the podfather himself, Patrick Flaherty. I'm Mike Ares. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover, including um, this. Uh, I guess we begin with the streak here, Jacob. Six six in a row, uh, the, the crew has lost often ignominiously um and uh it's it's their longest streak in club history it ties it and it's it's the longest since the kyle can tell you about the the shootout era of the of mls in the, in the 90s so it's the longest post shootout streak in club history and tied for the longest streak and there hasn't been uh, uh that remember that hybrid shootout they they had the uh, the breakaway loved it oh it was great it was great they should bring it back but anyway, that was uh, that era closed. That was ninety six to ninety nine. So it's been twenty two years in the making. This six game losing streak, uh, so to speak. And Kyle, you can explain how the shootout went. As as I recall, they started thirty five yards out. They had five seconds to to get off a shot, and the goalie could come off his line. Yeah, it was pretty exciting and pretty quick. And I mean, it's like the modern day, you know, NHL shootout. So I mean, I always thought it was entertaining, and you saw a lot of creative plays and great saves. Of course, they cribbed that format from the old NASL, uh, but it, it was great. And then, you know, um, you get to, it's okay to be a, a, a American or North American, um, but a, a lot of your um, oh, uh, aficionados, the more effete soccer fans, the league thought it didn't look good. So anyway, uh, I'm getting off track here. Hey, Jacob, how are the crew doing? Well, maybe they need to reinstate the that, that shootout to get them to score some goals. What do you think oh. about that? Oh, a shot on goal would do huh? XG. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, you, it's, you said it. It's the longest streak uh, post shootout single season streak, at least. Uh, maybe it's the longest ever. I know at least single season, it's the longest. But yeah, and three of those are at home, majority of which have come against teams below them in the standings. Seattle, they played their best against and they're the best team in the league. So just very, very inconsistent and inconsistently bad performances. Um, so I guess you could say they're consistently bad, but I don't know what else there is to say at this point. I, I guess if you're looking ahead, you should absolutely beat Cincinnati, but they are in a very steep uphill slope here to make the postseason, which we, if we were saying that in the beginning of the year, I think I I would have called any of you crazy. It's I can't believe we're here. We'll get to Cincinnati for sure uh, before we're over here today. Um, but Kyle, uh, Jacob brings up a couple of, of very important points. One is the teams they're losing to. You know, New York City's in fifth, DC's in seventh, uh, Atlanta's um, uh, snuck past the crew into eighth, uh, and the Red Bulls are right behind them in tenth. So those are all part of the streak here. Um, Chicago Fire. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm just talking about the teams in the East that, uh, the, you know, those are what they call in the NHL three point games. Um, uh, in, in a manner of speaking, but but the other the other point was, um, you know, and and Caleb Porter was adamant about this. Kyle in his post game that they played exactly the way they wanted to play against Seattle for uh, 88 minutes. Um, just to refresh the the uh, <laughs> in case you missed it, uh, the crew <laughs> did lead one to nothing on a goal in the 77th minute. 
uh, by Bradley Light Phillips. That was off a set piece, if I recall correctly, Jacob. Um, corner. Um, yeah, corner, ball bounced around, quick turn and shoot uh, right from like four yards out. It was, a, it was actually a neat little goal in a tight space. Um, the place goes crazy. Uh, that place is loud, and that's probably as loud as it's ever been because um, that was all pent-up energy. Um, the place explodes. The crew's kind of uh, trying to manage this one-to-nothing lead. I don't think pushing to extend it. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, but Kyle, um, then, you know, there's a goal in the 88th and a goal in the 89th minute. Um, uh, you know, they, they didn't, Seattle didn't even need stoppage time to, to, uh, to come out of there with three points after trailing into the 88th minute. In any case, yeah, seconds. About, about what, about what <laughs> Porter said um, uh, post-game, Kyle, about the way they wanted to play, and, they, and as he said, no one should be really uh, uh, angry because they played exactly the way that they wanted to play. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I had a good view on the uh, on the crew's first goal. And, and, and to me, the players looked relief. Like, they looked like the monkey kind of was off the back. Like, hey, we finally got one. Hey, let's go. You know, we got this. And then what? The matter of a few minutes later, the the whole thing just fell out. I mean, it was what, two goals in about 90 seconds. And, you know, there, I, I had a, a, a nice uh, photo of the second goal and, uh, um, and, and the, and the Seattle guys celebrating. You just see cruise fan crew fans with their hands over their head and shaking their head, just in disgust. I mean, it was just, and it got very quiet. <laughs> and then, um, in, in terms of the style they played, I yeah. mean, they played sort of a more direct game, um, um, Jacob, you can jump in on this. When when Caleb talks about we played exactly the way he we, they wanted to play, what is he describing? Yeah, I think he's describing that they had a lot of the ball. Um, they defended very well for about 88 minutes. I mean, the majority, especially the first half, the first half alone, Rui Diaz had 10 total touches. I mean, that's about as ideal as a half you can get in the shots on goal that Seattle had before that first one that was basically on the goal line. Um, they, all the shots were pretty much from distance. And then the best two shots Seattle had other than a header in the fifth minute, uh, were, were those two goals at the very end of the game. So I, I think he's talking about, they had the possession they wanted. Um, they, they moved the ball. Well, their passing statistics backed that up and they defended well, except for the last two minutes. I still think, and that I've really noticed this throughout the year is when they get the ball either in transition or they try to switch the field of play, it is slow. so slow. Yeah. The defense gains ground. Uh, your whole idea to switch the field is to move up the field and then be able to kind of cycle it back and break lines. It's, it's way too slow. When they pause on the wings, it's, I think a lot of that is not having the outside backs to kind of overlap. Milton Valenzuela is a big part of that, but uh, that's one area of the offense I definitely think needs to improve. But did they do better in this game? Yes, but they still did not create much at all. Oh. Yeah, that that's the that's the nub of it, isn't it, Kyle? Um, I mean, just during this streak, um, six goals for, fifteen against, um, minus nine uh, on the season. They're six, nine, and six, twenty-two for, twenty-seven against, minus five. You know, they're four, three, and three at home now. Two, six, and three on the road. And they're they're one, three, and two in their new stadium, which um, which is a real momentum killer. Um, 
they're not generating anything, Kyle, and, and they're, they're getting kind of sensitive to it now uh, as well. Well, no, I mean, what, what do they have, like two or three shots on goal and in, in what? It, well, that, most of the game has been in the 60th, 70th minute where they get their first quality shot on goal. So, I mean, I think they're really struggling. And to me, like like Jacob said, I think they're they're transitioning from, you know, from the back end, you know, to the wings a lot slower. And they have speed on the wings. Is that That's a frustrating part. Um, but to me, it's like they're trying to make the perfect pass every time. And then I think the second thing is what I what I said last week, too, or the, the last podcast, is that Zaylerons getting the ball 35 yards out with the back with his back towards the goal. So, you know, uh, you know, he's dropping further than before. You know, you want him with the ball moving forward towards the goal, you know, um, either creating shots or or, or distributing the ball. And, and, and they're not you know, he's not getting the ball, I think, in the space uh, where he's most effective. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we kicked this around uh, in our last show, um, the the ineffectual play uh, by the fullbacks um, is, is 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 taking away from the wingers and is putting more even more pressure on Zola Ryan. And um, to that end, with an eye toward helping on the outside, uh, Jacob, uh, the crew announced a, a signing. What was it yesterday? Yeah, they announced it Monday. We reported it, I believe, uh, Friday, just before the Seattle game. The crew signed uh, right back Steven Marrera, a French right back. He's 27 years old, so in the prime of his career. And when asked about him today, Caleb Porter said, you know, this is a long-term thing. So I think this is their solution, at least until he proves them otherwise, uh, to the long-term successor to Harrison Awful, who has clearly lost a step this year. He's not the same player. Um, he was, and, and I think adding someone who can get forward as well as defend, he's a whole four inches taller than Harrison Offal. That should help in the boxes. Uh, Tim Bespachenko said in his club-issued statement that he expects Marrera to help on both sides, left back and right back. He has played that before. Um, but I, I don't think it's realistic to expect that he's going to make a huge impact this year. He's not with the club yet. He hasn't played a game since May, so he needs to get fit. That'll take a bit. And let's just say, theoretically, he's in training in time to play for that Orlando game on uh, September the 4th. There are two months for him to uh, get fit. I say it takes probably three to four weeks for him to play. There's only six games left in the year then. So, uh, Plus, there's, not, there's, there's the paperwork as well, is there not? Yeah, he's not even here yet. He has to get his, his visa and his certificate and come over. So... Uh, it can't come any sooner for the crew, but for him to make a really big impact this year, they're going to have to make some moves before he gets here uh, in terms of getting some points. Now, Jacob, this morning you had a uh, a one-on-one with uh, with Tim Bezvichenko, the president and general manager of the crew, and we've been trying to get him to go on the record for some time, and uh, he wanted to wait and uh and then, and and finally, he 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 wanted to talk. What, what what did you guys talk about? First question I asked him was, what was his confidence in Caleb, not just the team, but Caleb now to get through this moment and long term? And and he said, you know, they've had bad results, they've had bad games, but he believes in this team in the locker room. And quote, obviously, I believe in Caleb and our entire staff. I'm confident we will turn things around. And that was kind of the gist of it. He still seemed confident that, albeit the supporter shield is, of course, well out of uh, out of range now. I'm not even going to uh, try oh, to say they. Kyle, he's, he's not predicting they're going to win the shield now. 
<laughs> but but the point he made was they still have a lot of their goals in line. I I mean, for all of us, I think we all see the MLS Cup as not even in the realm of possibility right now. But um, that's I guess the face that they're putting on putting on. But he also said, you know, while they have had injuries, they've had compacted windows. Quote that said, every team has obstacles yeah. and challenges. You have to overcome that. Uh, and and he seemed to also say that. Uh, they need to increase their chances, goal scoring generally. Um, and one thing he mentioned was not having a fullbacks in high positions, not having that front half control and be able to get the ball into Jossie or whoever is starting um, at striker. So I, I think his assessment was fair. He agreed with Caleb Porter that the last game against Seattle was a good performance, um, but the results aren't cutting it. So, seem also that they are any more ready to have a lot of roster turnover based on um, this losing streak. I asked him that if, if this stretch kind of forces you to reevaluate your roster more. And he said, I wouldn't say that this period will cause us to look at it any differently than how we're already overly critical in the way we're looking at the roster. So look, they, they definitely know they need to improve. He uh, mentioned Kevin Molino. They need to get him going. I think Alex Maton is another player, although he has a longer leash. Um, but he voiced some support for the team and Caleb Porter as well. So a vote of confidence, for, for lack of a better phrase. Um, you know, Kyle, um, it, there isn't much you can do now. Um, the roster freeze date is September 15th, um, and that's when you submit your final 30. Uh, um, there's been a lot of rumors, but, I mean, Kyle, there's – what can you do really at this point is, is uh, they have 13 games remaining. Um, they're uh, below the playoff bar. Um, top seven in the East go make, make the playoffs. They're ninth. They're um, four points behind um, Atlanta. Um, what do you do? Hi. What can you do? Well, I mean, we know it's not talent. So that, I think it comes down to two things. If you ask me, uh, you know, I don't know anything. I, I know, but I'm saying, I think they're either they don't have the players that they think that can run Caleb's system, which a lot of smart coaches like Tortorella and Caleb are, I think, are kind of uh, headstrong with the way they want to play their system, even though if they might not have the people they want, or yeah. there's something going on in the locker room because it's not a talent, you know, thing. They they have the talent, so so I, I think it's uh, you know the 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 system that Caleb's running or something you know that we don't know is. You know, uh, yeah. You know what? Call Ted Lasso. He'll figure it out. This team seriously needs Ted Lasso. I mean, in the worst and, way. And they, they need they need Led Tasso for those who have watched the show. They need Led Tasso. That's right. Oh yeah, or his uh, the team's new uh, sports psychologist. Um, you know, Jacob. That's another interesting wrinkle. Um, not interesting wrinkles. The wrong way to put it. But COVID has essentially closed off their locker room. Uh, everyone's locker room. Um, and so, um, if there is some kind of festivus, uh, um, an airing of grievances, um, which there should be at this point, if anyone has any pride, um, uh, but we don't know, uh, there's a lot, we don't know. They're very, they're very, everything's been closed off for, you know, 18 months. Um, you know, they tried a couple guys out for zoom, um, but you know, without an open locker room to, to go and talk to these guys, um, you know, there are veterans that are probably ready to um, to air some grievances. I think it's all stuffed in there. There's been no release valve. 
Do, do you have any thoughts on that? Did, did best? I mean, did, uh, obviously Tim wasn't going there. If, if, if management and coaches had their way, they'd, they'd just play in a bubble the whole time, you know? Uh, but um, these are human beings. And, and right now uh, the normal process of, of, uh, of, of, a, of a post-game rhythm or even a practice rhythm, um, which always included some type of media exposure or availability, hasn't been there. And I think for as much as the team may love that or any team might love that, I think it's detrimental, especially when you get on a jag like this. Yeah, two things on that you brought it up is the one with the current situation in terms of access um, because of COVID and, and the way the team has decided to do things. And let's be clear, the, the league, so people understand the league has not issued really any guidance whatsoever to teams about what they should do. Um, Don Garber club. operation, baby. By the way, Bezvichenko's, uh, excuse me, Jacob, but uh, yeah. I want to get it out there sooner rather than later that uh, uh, Caleb's interview with Tim Bezvichenko will be posted with this podcast. Uh, uh, did you call me Caleb again? Yeah, he did. Did I? Oh, man. That's bad. This is bad. Beers. Oh, it's, it's like. A, <laughs> just call Just call me Coach Beard. It's the hair. <laughs> anyway, the Shields interview with uh, with with uh, with Tim Bezbachenko. We'll have a link to that. Anyway, please continue, Caleb. <laughs> well, I, I think all we can really do at the moment is take the players uh, at, at their word. And Jonathan Mensah, Nagby, Bradley Wright Phillips, who who I think is a very honest person and knows how these things work. They all say uh, this was a few a couple losses ago, but. They all say the morale is is good, at least as good as it, as it can be. Um, and they're together; they have to be together. All the stuff you expect players to say. Um, but to your point, that's all we can really, you know, we we just take that and and put it out there, and, and people make it up for for what they want to be because we don't have access to this. It before COVID times, we um, not at the training facility. We couldn't go into the locker room at the training facility, but we could go into the locker room after games. You can kind of get a feel of i guess tension if you will a little bit we can't do that right now the the setup is uh, during the week we'll get porter and two players in person uh, at the training facility we we are wearing masks inside now because of the delta variant and the rules there um, and then home games afterward we'll do the same setup down in the interview room in the bowels of lower.com field row games uh not getting any extra access. I, I've been to a couple, but it's all over Zoom. So that's all we can really take right now is what the players say. Uh, but it would be, I, I know there are tense times, like I've witnessed Lucas Elrayon fuming on the field, which is good. You want him to have that type of pride. He's clearly feeling a lot of pressure um, to be the number 10 right now for a team that's losing. But I think that's what you want out of your number 10. But we don't have any other sense of how that is correlating to the overall mood and I guess camaraderie in that locker room right now. Yeah. I'm sure there's two or three guys that want to pop and just can't, you know? Um, uh, and again, there's always, uh, you can, you can get, when you work a locker room, you can get a straight answer from someone uh, under certain conditions. Um, you know, if it's handled properly and, and someone's ready to talk, uh, but Without any access whatsoever, or very little. I mean, it's like um, I don't know. Can you even request what players you want? We can, but it is the they can say no. Down. Correct. Yeah, the way yeah. we are, we are at the mercy of who they pick. 
Now, when a team of, of the crew's caliber uh, is, is going bad, uh, Jacob and Kyle, um, it's normal to, that there's they become the subject of rumors. And there have been a couple kicking around here, Jacob. It's been what, silly what, season, the, as the people yeah, like to say. The atomic ant, the Italian stallion. Yes. Yeah, so there was a rumor percolating Sebastian Giovinco. I believe it was a, I don't have it in front of me, but he was with the Saudi club, right? And his contract uh, expired or was let go. And then there Yeah, it was mutual, was, mutual, mutual agreement to terminate. Yeah. I'm doing air quotes, mutual, because yeah. um, that's always the case. But some uh, Italian journalist uh, tweeted, has had a decent following, so I'd normally take that to mean that they're somewhat credible, but... Um, this rumor is not credible. He tweeted that the crew essentially kicking the tires and interested in signing Giovinco. Now with the rules, because he was under contract uh, while the secondary transfer window in MLS expired, he could not join the roster this year. It would be until 2022. So on its face, like he turns, look at... He turns 35 in January, I think. And do you think a player like that really wants to wait around seven months uh, before, before playing? So... Um, I, I found out that there is nothing to that rumor. Um, I I know Bezbachenko is still very close to him, obviously, from their time in Toronto. But um, from what I understand right now, the crew is not pursuing that. Uh, they are very committed to Lucas at the number 10. That was also another rumor percolating. I have no idea where that came from. But they were uh, the crew was rumored to be interested in a attacking midfielder at T-Grace. I have the name here uh, in swap for... Lucas Elorion, uh, Leonardo Fernandez. Uh, that is also not the case and kind of silly on its face. And Caleb Porter even vouched for Lucas Elorion today. So I think, like, no, anyone not, who's watched no, this team not, knows not, that. Yeah. They're not going to trade Elorion. I mean, it's like. He's, he's, not the, he's not playing great. And I think he knows that. I think he's putting a ton of pressure on himself, which is probably impacting it too. But he is not the overall. We've talked about this. He is not the overarching. No. Um, issue here is going to be more of a solution yeah imagine how many goals they'd have this year without him um, where they have oh my god 20, i mean he's got 22 with him <laughs> well not if you take away the own goals it's 19 so uh take away four free kicks and you got uh 15 how many of those yeah. from set pieces it's, it's yeah we could we could go down for a while in this this isn't, this isn't uh analogous really but whenever i hear trades like that uh pop up uh I think of I, I was when Dave Checkets was president of the Knicks. Um, well, this is way back in the eighties, maybe early nineties when he was here. But he uh, there were Patrick rumor uh, Patrick Ewing rumors going around that, that he was going to trade him to the Clippers, who were the dregs of the league back then. And uh, um, <laughs> actually, this is an interview I did with him. He he said, "If I trade Patrick Ewing to the Clippers for four Clippers, then we're the Clippers." You know, so it's like that—that's that old saw about uh, about uh, uh, the best player in any deal. Not really germane to any stupid Lucas Ryan rumors, but uh, uh, a nifty little anecdote. Jacob, up next, Kyle. You, you guys have to talk about Cincinnati. Um, not exactly. Uh, uh, well, hell is real on both sides of, of this of this rivalry. Now, um, they're I combined. love how in so many ways that rivalry name has just taken on a new meeting because of the teams sucking in parts of two seasons now. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're both right now. They're both on, on a bad jag. Um, I, I went and looked 
since July combined two nine and ten by my count, um, uh, the crew in Cincinnati. Um, that's not good. Uh, Ohio not looking good right now in, in Major League Soccer, and uh, you know I don't know how Garber feels about that. He should maybe post some COVID rules. Uh, but anyway, Cincinnati rolling into town Friday um, at the at the Lower Dot Com Stadium. Um, uh, Jacob. And, and Kyle, I want. Well, we'll start with Jacob. Your 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 look ahead at that game, and beginning with injuries, which we haven't covered yet this year, and are certainly part and parcel of this losing streak. Although a lot of teams are beat up right now. Yeah, I mean, we don't have an injury report yet for for this match. Well, we normally get that two days before, so we'll probably get that Wednesday. Um, but in the fifteen minute window, we were permitted to watch training today. Uh, Waylon Francis was working off to the side. So don't know his status. He could potentially be out. Um, Josh Williams, Milton Valenzuela were working off to the side. I expect they'll still be out. And Josh Williams. It's It's been a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Both he and Milton have now surpassed the window that it, they were expected to return. And I asked Caleb Porter last week on them, and <laughs> I don't think he has a good idea when they're going to return. Um, he, he said it's something to do with just – the last stages of return and, and when they're going to hit those. So they don't know is, is the best answer right now. Um, and, and there might be another injury that popped up after we we're watching. I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. So given all that, I still think this is a team that is more talented than Cincy. Although Cincy has some talent, but they haven't put it all together yet. Uh, you're at home, six game losing streak. I mean, come on, this is a, this is a game you, absolutely have to have if you're going to make the playoffs um do i think they're going to do that <laughs> who the hell knows honestly uh so yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> all right there, Kyle, there's can, Kyle's can you can you imagine a, a, the seventh of seventh loss and a streak of seven losses at home to cincinnati wasn't well, seven 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 like the same oh. thing for hell right isn't it? Maybe that's six six six. Oh, six six six. Yeah, Which was their there. that was their record <laughs> three games ago. Well, I, I I just think that it's like one of you hope one of these games is everything's just going to connect and they're going to put in four goals or five goals, but we haven't seen that yet. So that that's not going to happen. And and that wasn't the team that they were last year. I know everyone wants them to be that type of team. Any soccer fan anywhere wants their team to be that type of team. Well, they're <laughs> told me like that's not the type of team they are but they are doing better defensively so i mean just getting two goals a game that should be doable yeah yeah kyle because they were up until the seattle game they were five and oh when they score first you know that's the kind of team they are you know uh get a goal and manage the game well you know uh um kyle i asked you can you imagine them losing a seventh game in a row and having it be at home to well, Cincinnati I, and the ramifications of that. I did notice uh, after the game uh, on Saturday, there were there were a couple of bottles that made it away onto the field. So I think fans are uh, pretty uh, getting pretty uh, fed up with it. Oh, well, I'm sure they are. <laughs> you know, uh, um, but I mean, well, could, I mean, did you could you imagine that like the beginning of the year? Hey, we have a brand new stadium. They're, you're the defending champs, and what? 13 games ago, you have fans throwing water bottles and whatever you know, on the field because they're pissed off i wrote about it recently that uh you know their plan for this year was to contend this was the year they're supposed to contend and they were you know last year by winning it all they they put themselves on a faster track a year ahead of schedule um is is what 
the exact phrase the team used. And uh, they're supposed to build towards something here with the opening of the new stadium. And uh, um, that hasn't worked out. And from a fan perspective, you know, if you're talking about a $75 seat in the, in, a, uh, in the upper deck with uh, $12 and 50 cent uh, Miller lights, well, we wanted to talk about the craft beer. Um, uh, and you know, what, what is a hot chicken takeover sandwich cost in the, in the, in the building? Anyway, uh, you're talking about a, a, a pretty heavy premium over what tickets used to be, and it would have worked because the place is great. Anyone who goes there wants to go back. The atmosphere is terrific. It's a, it's an incredible building. I would say, except for egress on the uh, on the northeast side of the stadium, it's it gets it's tough to it's to, it, getting in and out. Um, they need another opening on a, in that corner. In any case, it's a, it's a wonderful place. The plan was good. It looked like they were going to execute the plan. It looked like they were ahead of schedule, and and now they're uh, they're one three and two in their new building after after uh, padding their roster uh, coming and up. They were, yeah, and they were not close to a sellout either against the M- in an MLS Cup rematch. I, I don't. I'm I'm curious to see what the attendance is going to be like for this game. Even during your losing streak, you should absolutely sell out against your rival in a new stadium. Oh, they're not close to a, a sellout with Cincinnati. For, for this game, I'm not sure. Last I checked, they were. I had also heard the same thing for the Seattle game, though, and they had um, a thousand or so available tickets, according to what they announced. And uh, it looked what pretty full to me. I, I, I'm I'm sitting there. I I thought I was sitting in a sellout. I was up. It was, in a, it was a good crowd. It was good with crowd. The sun with the sun hammering away at me. I was just in that spot. Oh, but. Uh, yeah, this one. I mean, as Jacob said, it's it's a it's a must win. Is is this a must win, Kyle? Yeah, they're in trouble. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I think you got a full go, full press. I mean, I think you just uh, Caleb needs to figure out what something to get him going early on and get a couple goals in the first half and get that crowd in it. So, but yeah, I mean, I think they're they're up against it. I mean, it's uh, I think it's now or never. I mean, let's just state the obvious. They they lose this game, just lose this game. The season's done. Uh, I don't know about done, Shield. You know, it's like they'll have 12 games to go after that. Um, sure, but I mean, looking it's, it's, at how many points you need to get in, they are already to get to the amount of points you usually need to get in. They need to average two points per game uh, the rest of the way. And you don't beat Cincinnati at home. That's an opportunity that is you can't miss. All right, fair to say, fair to say. Yeah, they're below the bar now, and it, uh, let's just wrap it up here. I mean, I think what I was going to say about the locker room, uh, ad before I forgot what I was going to say, is, is is too much coach. You know, you're not hearing voices, um, and there's some there's important voices in every locker room. Um, there's all those players in there, and uh, uh, you know, Caleb's spin on things is is getting old. It's yeah. getting really old right now. Um, so, yeah, must win against Cincinnati. Guys, anything else you want to add before we, we hang it up here? I think we That's covered it. it. Podfather, you got anything? Oh, he's got nothing. He's just shaking his head. Thumbs up. Thumbs up on, uh, yeah, I got nothing. Thumbs up. Oh, so that's it for this edition of Speakeasy. We'll, we'll talk to you again next week. I'm Mike Arace for, for uh, Jacob Myers. Look for all his own stuff at, at dispatch.com, including an interview with uh, the president and general manager, Tim Bezbachenko. We'll have it linked here. And Kyle Robertson, Ohio's premier sports photographer. Kick us out of here, Patrick. <laughs>